This is a Main Hustle Media Podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Jackie O and you're listening to Militantly Mixed. Yo, this is Rashani from the Single Simulcast. And when I'm not making you laugh or making up parody songs, I'm kicking back listening to Militantly Mixed. Hey all, welcome to Militantly Mixed, the podcast about race and identity from the mixed race perspective. I am your host, Charmaine, aka Mixed Girl Maine. And I'm coming on really briefly just to let y'all know, apologies, I don't have a new guest for this week. Um, I'm actually dealing with, um, I'm dealing with, um, I guess I'm entering into another bout of major depression. I, I have kind of overdone myself, my current work schedule, my podcasting and everything I'm doing. Um, I'm sort of overworked, exhausted. And then on top of it, I found out last Friday that, um, one of my aunts passed away and I didn't know about it for eight days. And by the time I found out they had already been laid to rest. So I'm, I'm kind of dealing with the grief and the guilt of not knowing and, and being so busy that I was so disconnected that I didn't know when it happened. And, um, at the same time that that's happening, I'm also at these events trying to share, you know, black geekery with folks and, um, and like enjoying that, but feeling guilty that I'm enjoying that while I also have been disconnected enough that I didn't know my aunt died. And, um, so apologies. I I'm not coming at you today with a whole lot of energy. And um, I have been disconnected on social media. I haven't responded to messages right away. So I, I apologize. I, I know messages are coming in and I will respond as soon as I kind of can. But uh, right now I have a pretty, I'm basically going into turtle mode and, um, and kind of hiding in my shell a bit to, to kind of deal with what it is that I'm going through while I'm trying to fight off the major depression because I, I, I'm not able to take medication for it. Uh, my body doesn't process medication that way. So I have to find alternative ways to fight that off while also trying to process what, what is happening. Um, that is part of depression is my, my mechanisms for processing emotion are, um, slow, I guess, slower than someone who doesn't have depression. Uh, so with that in mind, I just want to ask your forgiveness and your patience uh, while I'm not able to put out an episode this week. But what I do want to do is I want to share an episode that is important to me and has been on my mind lately. And uh, it's from last year or early last year or late the year before, uh, 2018, 2019. The title, it's episode 26. The title was, I Feel Not Worthy of My Heritage. My guest that week was Emma. She is a woman of Malagasy, Dutch, and French heritage. She grew up in France, was treated very much like an outsider, even though she was in her home country uh, because of her mixed-race family. And it, uh, we also talked about the World Cup at the time. I think that was what was going on. And how does her family root for the World Cup when she has Malagasy, French, and Dutch um, relatives all fighting for different teams? So it was a really good episode. And the reason why it's on my mind lately is because I've been seeing a lot more posts come up about people telling us how they perceive our identity and basically telling us that that's how we're going to have to perform. Um, like, I just view you as a white person. So you're just white to me, erasing all the other things you have going on. Um, that's come up recently in conversation. It's I've seen it a bunch on social media lately, and um, some articles have been shared on Militantly Mixed, but also on this other mixed race um, group that I'm in with the uh, mixed black women that, that work in sort of creative fields here in L.A. Uh, it's been coming up a lot. So because I've seen it so much, it made me think about this episode, and I wanted to reshare it with y'all. So... Um, Again, apologies that my energy is so low. I do want to tell you more about the events I've been at because they are really great events and I had good times. I just, I can't really muster 
the energy uh, to do that today. So apologies. I, I am really sorry. I will start responding soon. I do promise that. Um, but please, without further ado, help me in re-welcoming or saying hi again, <laughs> re-welcoming Emma to Militantly Mix with episode 26, I Feel Not Worthy of My Heritage. Peace, y'all. Today we are joined by Emma, and you're, are you actually in Great Britain right now, or are you in France? I'm in Great Britain. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, introduce yourself to our audience, and then and then let's get into it. So, I'm Emma. I lived most of my life in France, and my mother is biracial, so she's, her mom is from Madagascar, and her dad is from France, and my father is from uh, the Netherlands, so I grew up um yeah pretty mixed and i found like was looking on spotify for a podcast and i was just looking for something that related to my experiences trying to find other stories of mixed people so i just went into the search bar typed mixed and then this like podcast popped up so that's how i got into the show Oh, that's good that it came up that easy. I've been wondering if it if it was easy for anybody who was looking for something mixed. That's awesome. I'm I'm glad that you found us and you reached out to us. I want to say it was like two months ago the, the first time that you and I contacted, maybe three. Yeah. And and so we've been exchanging emails here and there with a couple breaks of time in between, but we knew that eventually we'd get around to talking. Let's get into it. Let's talk a little bit about what your upbringing was like uh, growing up in, in France being mixed. Didn't, did you mention to me you lived in kind of a small area, a small town? Is that true? Yeah. So basically I was in a small, majorly like white town. It was next to what you would call the hood, but we never, it was never like any interaction between the small town and the hood, basically. And so, mm. yeah, it was mostly white people and I was, yeah, a really, really small town. So, I mean, people of color were a bit, um, something that was kind of foreign to them, but it wasn't something that was seen as bad inherently. It was just, mm. you would you would get that look from other people like, oh, she's different. But that was about it. So if other people of color came into town for any reason, they would kind of stand out. But for the most part, it was pretty much just you, your family. Yeah. And especially going out as a whole family, when it's like, you're my white father and my black mom. And us with going as a family to town and people just look at us and like, oh, these are so foreign, like, are they, are they really French or that kind of stuff? So, mm. yeah. So your Frenchness was called into question just oh. just because of being mixed? Oh, yeah, no, all the time. It was just when people, when I introduced myself, it was like, yeah, so I'm French, I come from this town. And people would be like, oh, really? Like, are you really French? And it, I think mm. it's, that's, it's like what a lot of mixed people experience, I guess. So, but it was really annoying. Right. So here in the States, usually the question of any of us that are either racially ambiguous or even just people of color in general from white people will get, where are you from? And if you say like one of the states, California in my case, then they'll go, okay, but where are you really from or what country are you from? And then you explain, no, I was born here. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I get it. But where? <laughs> you know, where do you come <laughs> from? Is that something that's similar to where you grew up as well? Oh, yeah, for sure. I would always get that question. So, yeah, where are you from? And I'll be like, France, because obviously that's where I'm from. And then they'll be like, oh, but like, where are your parents from? And I'm just like, mm. ah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's like, ask the questions directly if ever you want to. And I wasn't like uncomfortable telling people that I was mixed or that where my parents were from. It's just how they put the question that I was always like, it's not you're not one you're not entitled to it all the time right. and also it's just a rude question to ask like i i am as 
I feel as French as you feel French. So, yeah. Right. I mean, it is your actual nationality. It's where you were born. So yeah. why, why wouldn't you feel entitled to that? Yeah, I think that's that's pretty much similar here as well. Um, did you spend any time in the Netherlands or anything like your from where your father was from or entirely in France most of your childhood? Yeah, I spent most of my childhood in, in France, but I would sometimes like go to see my my family in Holland, and it was it was a different experience. It was so going out same as like a whole family out in like little towns in, in the Netherlands. It would be like people staring at us, and I feel like it was more obvious in the Netherlands than in France for some reason. Mm. And they would just yeah, you could hear people like talking about us and be like, oh, like look at them, which is. Wow, and it'd be like, yeah, and they stare at you for a while, and you, yeah, it made us really feel out of place because I already like don't, um, I ne- I've never lived properly in the Netherlands, so it was people like looking at you all the time, just made me feel even more like foreign to my dad's country. Right. So not only are you an outsider because you're not from the Netherlands, but you're also an outsider because of the color of your skin and the fact that they see that you have a white father. Oh, for sure. Mm. Yeah. So so what would you say, like, what did you understand about yourself as a as a child in terms of your ethnicity or, or your race? I mean, it was kind of bad. I feel like I was raised in a way that color wasn't really mentioned so I always thought I was white for some reason Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's something you mentioned in one of your emails (laughs) let's talk about that a little bit so yeah I I don't know my parents never mentioned race or anything they just my mother felt very French my dad felt very Dutch and so growing up I was like oh I'm white like I've never it was I was really privileged in the sense that I didn't get like aggressions and stuff like that during my childhood I was like so my school was really open enough to not um have those like microaggressions all the time but I did have some obviously but I really felt like overly like on the whole like white and it was just like I realized like as I grew up that I wasn't and it was just like something that I was really surprised I was like wait Wait, I'm not really white, actually. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember how old you were when you noticed that? I think I was about, like, I was in middle school. And okay. um, it was just, like, meeting new people or, like, dancing or something. And they'll be like, oh, where are you from? And I'm like, I- I'm French. And they'll be like, oh, but you dance so well. You must be foreign or something. Really? Like, Is that yeah. a thing? <laughs> Oh, yes. Think that French can't dance, and so you have to be from somewhere else? <laughs> yeah. That's really sad, actually. <laughs> That's fun. So, yeah. And I was like, wait, maybe I'm not really <laughs> white. But, um, yeah, I had that kind of stuff. Or even, like, shopping with my parents and, like people going up to us and be like hey you're going back to the hood and like my mom being so shocked like why would you consider like us like consider that we would even like go to the hood like we're not like you or something like that right and it's just like and i was like wait but like if she came up to us it's like she thinks we have like something similar and i was like in common and i was like oh wait skin color so right yeah it was <laughs> It was interesting. So what would be considered the hood uh, where you where you grew up then? Is that was it primarily um, you know br- black and brown people or was it uh, was it more like maybe Middle Eastern as well? What, what's what's the makeup for what you're referring to as hood there? Yeah, sorry, it's because it's about France. <laughs> so no, like I think it's important to to yeah here because like uh, my American audience will assume it to be like the place that I grew up, but I have a I have a really large audience in in Canada, Great Britain, and France actually as well. So they'll know, but <laughs> my, the people here won't. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, so basically, at least for where I grew up, it was mostly so. Um, African country, so it's not really Caribbean. Mm-hmm. It's mostly so it might be uh, 
Senegal, Mali, um, and then it'll be also like I mean, there's other like countries, but like, and then it'll be um, Moroccan, Algerian, Tunisian. Um, so yeah, it would be mostly like Africa. Would they or, mostly like, be uh, immigrants or first first generation born in France? It would be it's split. It would be like immigrants and then also firstborn. So it's okay. it's really diverse in that sense. But um, yeah, it's it's not. I mean, it's really different from the U.S. At least from what I get, because I I've never actually grew up in a hood, so I can't really speak for them, right. obviously. But um, I feel like it was not as obviously we don't have like guns or anything so it would be less violent and so it didn't feel as threatening for people who are outside so like i don't know why it was as segregated in france as it is in the u.s if that makes sense right yeah so yeah it wasn't it wasn't like I don't understand how my mom like directly assumed it was a bad thing to be uh, linked to this because of her skin color because inherently that's what people to be honest that's what people assume when they look at my mom or something right. so so do they ever even maybe compliment you on the fact that you can speak French or have have a perfect accent or anything like that because they're assuming that you're foreign in some way Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Like, I've always had that, oh, wow, you speak such good French or <laughs> whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was language like growing up for you? Did you have, did you have access to um, Dutch and um, I, I don't know the language that they speak in Madagascar, actually. Um, did you have Mal- access? Yeah. Um, so basically, I, my, my mom doesn't know how to speak Malagasy, so okay. that's that's already like a problem. And because my grandmother, my Malagasy grandmother, emigrated France pretty young, she knows how to speak it, but she kind of forgot about mm. it, which is, yeah, because she just wanted to be part of the French culture and that kind of stuff so it like she kind of forgot about her own language which is really sad but um and do you have access to cult like in culture in that case like were there traditions or anything that you brought up with or because she immigrated so young was that also missing from your life as well yeah I feel like I would like often come to her house like but not that pretty like four times a year or something and you know eat the food like that we have in Madagascar so it would be like hogai or chicken curry or that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and it would be yeah it would be like really like refreshing to be there and like and she would sometimes talk about her brothers and sister back in Madagascar and stuff like that so it would be like kind of a good like healing in a way to like hear about her stories back in Madagascar right so that's actually something that comes up quite a bit uh, in these conversations that I've been having is is where because we're mixed and whether or not we have a lot of exposure to our various cultures, you know, in some cases we feel like something was stolen or, or, or missing. There's a huge gap in our lives. And um, in other places, we kind of fill it with whatever we have the most access to. Um, so like in my case, I grew up primarily around black people with my most of my black family, although when I was with my mom's side of the family i was japanese but like only in the house i wasn't really japanese elsewhere because i didn't have access to that kind of stuff so um so like if i do see a japanese cultural event or something like that i try to you know really be japanese and then i realize once i'm there how not japanese i am (laughs) um is that something like that you're kind of describing like you get these little bursts of access to your culture but you know not so much that it's you know a big a part of who you get to be oh yeah no for sure like obviously like in terms of my Malagasy identity, it's so little that I only get like, yeah, bursts of it with like the food or just seeing pictures or like the stories that my grandma tells. But apart from that, it's like I would, I have um, one of my closest friends is from Madagascar. And so it's, um, it's a bit um, weird to see the difference between how we were. Um, raised because she 
both her parents are from Madagascar and mm. she has really that sense of at least pride and she knows about her culture more than I do about right. and it's but it's really good to have her as well because she gives me that knowledge about my heritage as well. Right. So, so do you feel like you kind of live vicariously through the lessons that you get from her just naturally throughout your friendship? Yeah, I feel like it really does help that to know about like my heritage through her and yeah, growing with that sense of oh I am from Madagascar. Like it's not something that has been taken away from me and that I'm never going to get back or something. Right. So that's, that's a unique experience in terms of, um, an African based heritage. Uh, you know, here in the States, most of us that do descend from an African country don't necessarily know what countries we come from because we were stolen and, um, you know, our culture is stolen, our language is stolen and things like that. So, and we're so many generations, past that at this point that we don't even resemble the places that we come from and uh and so we feel you know we feel that absence or or um you'll see a lot of americans sort of um like grab like it's almost like a quilt they'll grab different parts of different uh, you know different african countries and put it together like it's their own culture uh because they have no touchstone they have no way of knowing where they're from um only recently did i even find out what country my my ancestors originated from and that was through one of those dna tests um from the african ancestry uh dna test and so like now i know which country i can research but i know that i'll never get to feel like I come from Gabon or anything like that. I'll just know that that's the place that my people come from. Um, in your case, you at least have that access because you, you have a family member, you have a friend. Do you get to go there? Have you ever been there in any way, shape or form? No, I've never been there. And it's something that really bothers me because I feel not worthy of my heritage, basically, which is really sad but it's something that I feel if there's this whole thing like oh but you've never lived there or you've never even like even been there so how can you even remotely feel Malagasy or say you're from Madagascar and and I feel yeah but that's a very common thing for those of us that are mixed you know we we all feel that that kind of thing I mean at least everybody I've talked to so far has, has been that kind of a thing where you're just like do you have the right to want access to that culture and that heritage um, if you weren't exposed to it or you weren't exposed to it enough, say, for you to comfortably live in both places as if you were, you know, fully uh, Madagascar or fully French, you know, like wherever you could go, you could just fully be that. I think we all kind of have that experience where we feel, you know, gosh, do I even have permission to experience this. Um, on my show, I try to make sure that people do feel that they have the experience uh, or the access to it or the permission, you know, not not from me, but from themselves. Like if this is your who you are, this is your heritage and you you want it, go get it, you know, <laughs> like go get that heritage. Um, do you feel that growing up? So this is something that just comes up a lot on the show where we kind of don't feel seen at or visible as whatever our different ethnicities are. And in your case, growing up primarily French, um, what, what, what was your feeling about being Dutch too? Did you, did you feel a sense of Dutch pride or anything like that growing up? Oh yeah, it was a, a big thing like back in my family where everyone where we felt very French and very Dutch and we would hang up like flags in our house when there were World Cups and stuff like that. That's and funny. it would be yeah, and it would be very yeah, we would feel very like Dutch or French. And I'm my Dutch is not very good. We my dad like taught it to us, but it was really um not in a as much as our French, because obviously we lived in France. And so my Dutch is really like restricted. And, but I do feel uh, very Dutch because we would go there pretty often to see my family. I can, I can still speak decent Dutch and, um, 
we would have access to that culture in more ways than we had to my Malagasy culture because obviously we went right. to the place. Mm-hmm. So and we met like other people, other Dutch people like outside of my family. So it would be yeah, it would be something that was really strong in my family. We felt really um Dutch and French. And so yeah, and even for example, like the food and just like the traditions is something that has been part of our family. So we would have like Christmas um in the Dutch way in just like early oh, December okay. and Christmas with the French way, like mid to end December. Oh, okay. So you you did get to feel both. Okay, so good question. If it's World Cup and just by chance France <laughs> is 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 um, pitted against the Netherlands, what do you do? Um, that was always a source of um <laughs> <bet. conflict>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So basically, what we would do. My mom feels very French, so obviously she would like have her French flag all over her and like right. her t-shirt and whatever. And then I'll be in the middle. And then on my right would be my, my dad with his Dutch flag. And I'll be in the middle with like both an orange, <laughs> like t-shirt and a French flag. I'd be like, I'm for both. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was really a source of conflict. Like my, my mom and dad would argue sometimes about like, who's, <laughs> like the best country or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And for me, like during the Olympics is usually the the time that it affects me is that if it's if it's American track and field, then I'm then I go for America. But it's the only time that I'm really rooting for America up and even though I was born here and everything like that. Both of my grandmothers are from uh, one grandmother's from Japan, one grandmother's from England. So, um I, you know, I, I feel a sense of pride for those types of things, depending on what it is. So if it's if it's almost any sport besides track, I will go for Japan. And um, and if it's like swimmers uh, or no divers, usually divers, I'll go for in England. I don't know. It's just I like it's just kind of a piecemeal thing. It has no rhyme or reason to it. It's just like whatever reason I decided to feel really prideful during this time. But a couple of years ago was there was a half black, half Japanese uh, runner from Japan. And uh, I was really excited for that. That was pretty much like everything, everything that I was wrapped up in one person made me really excited. But so I get that under <laughs> that thing about the conflict of who do you vote? Who do you root for? So you're just screaming every time, every time someone makes a good play or, or scores a point, you're just happy either way. Oh yeah, and it would be, it would be, yeah, it would be really fun. It's really convenient because you get to root for one country. If if they lose, you can like, like root for the other. So right, win win. <laughs> Perfect. The one of the few benefits of being like not one of the few, but one of the benefits of being mixed is you get to you get to win all the time. Um, <laughs> That's funny. So as you were getting older then, so you say like you kind of, you kind of by middle school, you're starting to become aware of, uh, so here we would refer to it as blackness. How would you refer to it where you were growing up? Um, I would refer it to as like blackness, to be honest. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you're coming aware of your blackness as you're going into your your teenage years and things like that. What was it like bridging the gap between you're realizing you were, you know, different than the white people that you lived around to into adulthood when when now you kind of um, you probably understand yourself a little bit better. What 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 is that patch of time like for you? Um, it was pretty rough to be honest because it was. It was I was really lost I, because I was still like in overly um, like white middle school, high school. And it was just really a confusing time, I guess, because I didn't know where to go to understand um, how to come to terms with that, because I feel like I could never talk to my parents or my grandma about it because mm-hmm. it's something they never even considered. It's not like we didn't we were even raised to feel or like to be aware that we were different so it's it's something like i wouldn't like i didn't reach out to my my parents or anything because i knew they wouldn't 
offer me support or they'll be oh there's what what are you talking about like you're french and that's the end of it oh okay so so this is probably something that um would be quite a bit different from here in the states and maybe canada too but i think primarily here in the states is that uh, we aren't not you know we're not we're not typically very national i mean our news probably right now indicates difference with, um, with our president um but but typically we're not very national we're 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 mostly you know what our skin color is is usually how we connect um uh, to people so um so like we're aware of mixed people i think really quickly or really easily and a lot of mixed kids probably do still struggle with you know who they fit in with and everything like that but um but when i speak to people that are in uh, other places they then then the united states they tend to be more national and uh, like you're saying not necessarily talking about what makes them di- you different or unique from the other kids that are growing up with so when do you if if you even have maybe you haven't when do you meet other mixed people have you have you encountered other mixed race people that identify as mixed yeah so I had yeah one of two of my friends were uh, mixed actually so it was really nice like having them around basically but it's not something I realized uh, for example like before middle school I was like friends with them but I didn't realize oh we have something more in common we're like both mixed race it's mm-hmm. just something I just I looked at and I was like yeah we're friends whatever like okay. I didn't see color i guess back then so who do you feel is your people like who do you feel the most comfortable around um particular friend groups of friends or family or whatever like when do you feel not weird <laughs> i mean that's how most of us mixed people feel like there's a lot of times we just feel weird who do you who makes you not feel weird yeah to be honest i was I've grown up in a major like white community, so I'm pretty used to this. And I feel like because people are have grown to be more aware recently, it's fine to like be around white people and feel not weird. At least for me, I've had some really? some of my friends who who were like more aware that so that they wouldn't make me feel comfortable. But obviously I would still hang out with like different crowds and, you know, I have like obviously white friends, but I also have a lot of mixed friends. So it's good that in a sense that they understand also what I'm going through and how to cope with that and just be like a nice support system. So it's, it's a mix basically of like, yeah, white people and mixed people. But I was, I was never, really um when a friend group with a majority of black people basically it's not something i've i'm used to and i mm-hmm. so. just not that many just not that much access to other black people in your life yeah exactly mm-hmm. so so do you have siblings yeah i have an older brother and a younger sister so and do they feel mixed or have you ever talked about you guys being mixed together yeah i've talked to my sister a lot about it but she's way younger so obviously she she's starting to understand that she's different i guess a bit like i did in because she's in middle school okay so so she's yeah sorry oh no i was gonna say that seems to be the time that a lot of us start to wake up to our difference or our uniqueness yeah so she's starting to ask questions like oh um so this girl like said for example oh but are you really french and i was like i don't know what to say and so these questions that i had to go through she's going through now and it's and I'm, it's really hard to be because I, I kind of have to be that mother figure because my mother's not has taught us how to cope with these questions. Right. So I, I have to be there for her, basically. No, and, and it's good that you are because, I mean, you didn't have that same type of uh, mixed role model, I guess. So giving that to your sister is probably a really great thing for her. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so it makes me really happy that she's actually asking these questions because, for example, my brother doesn't feel mixed or black. He he just feels a white and he's he has never even considered um, race in his life, I think. Mm. So. So we have really different um, perspectives and opinions on our heritage. Huh, that's the same as me and my brother. I grew up, even though we grew up in the same house, the same neighborhood, and everything. I I'm black and he's white. <laughs> um, and even even to the degree that like I I will change between being black or being Japanese depending on where I'm at. But I never feel white and I don't look white, so. I'm never confused for being white. Um, there are little things about being British that I enjoy. Um, but when I've actually been in England, I did not feel British at all. <laughs> I thought I was until I was around Brits. Like the only Brits I was ever around was like my family. So um, until I was around a whole heap of them, then I realized, oh, you're not British at all. You just you, you just have a, a nana from there. So, um, yeah, it's interesting how you can grow up in the same house and have totally different um understandings i guess about about who you are race and ethnicity wise um so what what has you in uh in great britain right now are you are, is it school that you're yeah so i'm at university there so it's really interesting because it's a totally different country so i get to right experience experience being mixed in another country <laughs> And, so. and how is that like for you? Do they, when they ask the question, where are you from? Is it primarily based off of your nationality or do you feel that they're asking about your ethnicity as well? To be honest, that's a good question because I never know if it's a country or ethnicity, but they always ask, so where are you from? And I say France. And most of the times they're like, oh, but where are you really from? Or uh, are you sure? Like, not are you sure, but it, it would be right. like, really? Like, because you don't look and stuck. It's amazing to me that this is so universal. So, I mean, I've always thought that this was like just primarily an American experience because, you know, we're this we're kind of a, a country of, of orphan or, uh, orphans from our countries. Right. Like it's an immigrant country. Everybody comes from somewhere else. Everybody has ancestors from someone else. So whenever I hear that question, I just always assumed it was an American thing thing but i've had canadian guests i've had french guests and i've had uh british guests and they've all said that at some point someone says really or are you sure or yeah i get it you're you think you're from there but what gives you the skin color that i'm you know that i'm looking at and so that's where Mm -hmm. that's where i'm gonna decide you're really from and yet primarily if most of us went to the countries that are of color sides of us are we wouldn't be from there either yeah exactly it's it's crazy so if i tell people oh like i feel black or i'm i'm mixed and i have like malagasy heritage and they're like but you're not really black like you've never been there and it's like they just assume yeah your identity for you and basically take it away from you all the time and it's just something that i feel like is more prominent and prominent in like great britain but maybe that's Mm. just me i feel like it's something that is really apparent because i feel like in france racism is really like shoved away and shoved aside and they're like oh but it's not really a problem in france but like in the uk you can it's blatant you can Mm. with these questions and um yeah oh you're not really black and that kind of stuff that comes up that I feel like I've experienced more in the UK than in France, but yeah, I could see, I could see that as well. Um, uh, just from sort of what we get exposed to, we usually hear that race is not that big of a deal, especially black people here. They, we have, we have some of our historical black famous people that had ended up in France and, and were very accepted like James Baldwin or, um, 
Oh gosh, now I'm blanking on her name. All of a sudden I can picture her, but I'm blanking. The woman that used to dance with the banana skirts in the kind of the silent era of films, uh, Josephine Baker. Uh, So, you know, we have these American black people that went to France and then basically just kind of hunkered down in France because they felt a lot more accepted um, as black people in France than they ever did here in the States. And yet, you know, lately we see that, you know, you guys have the same type of issues that we have in terms of um, views about Muslims and, and, and foreigners. Like you see a little bit more popping up, at least we do in our news, we see a little bit more of it popping up in France than maybe I did even 15 years ago or 10 years ago or something. Um, when I, I've only been to Paris and when I was there, uh, I felt fine like uh, my I traveled there with my Japanese grandma and my Spanish uncle and my mixed white and Japanese aunt and me you know and we got around usually using Spanish and Japanese mostly because it's a such a tourist area that there was always somebody that spoke one of our languages and it was fine um in in London though or when I've been in England they um they're very aware. And the fact that I'm walking around with a white cousin usually is like, well, why are you two together? He's white and you, I don't know what you are. Like, why are you walking around together? <laughs> and then you try to tell him like your family and nobody believes you. It's like, well, they can hear my, my accent that I'm American, but, um, but they don't understand like why I have a white cousin. Like it's not even a possibility <laughs> that I could have a fully white cousin. So, so in, so even in school is the question, you usually get the question from other students or is it just anywhere anywhere you're around that someone feels like you're you're different from them so they need to ask yeah so it'd be sometimes in school if i'm new obviously or if i go around i don't know in a shop or something with my mom or even on my own they'll be like oh so where are you from and so yeah it's basically like yeah everywhere not every most of the places I went to, but it didn't come up like all the time, but you could sometimes it'll be a question or sometimes it'll be people staring at you and be like trying to figure out where you're from. So Mm. do you, do you feel like now that you understand that you're mixed and um, not only that you're just mixed ethnicity, but you're mixed culture and mixed nation, I guess, mixed national, multinational um, with all of these different, versions of mixedness that you have do you feel like you are very grounded like you understand yourself as a mixed person or do you still feel like there's times when you you just kind of don't know who you are yeah i feel like right now i feel very much mixed and it's something i'm really proud about but yeah obviously sometimes when i'm in spaces that i'm not used to so for example which is when it's a majority um black people spaces i'm always like oh i'm mixed so that means i'm not really i shouldn't really be there and so i always question it sometimes because i've never been exposed to it so i'm i'm still uncomfortable and i don't know where to put myself when it's in these spaces but it's still getting there Mm. so i don't think that this is a a concept in in great britain or in in france but you'll have to correct me if it is the case because it's very much the case here in the states that um we have this concept here called the one drop rule and it's it's actually from a racist idea that that sprung up during what we refer to as the jim crow era which is the time post-slavery and pre-civil rights where they made all these laws that still continued to for lack of a better term enslave black people you know they couldn't vote in some places they couldn't get jobs or own property in some places and so you would you would be determined if you were black by this one drop rule if you had even one drop of black blood in you you were black even if you presented white and nowadays that this is translated into it's no longer used as a like white people gave it to us but it's no longer used as a white term um but black people do it where like if you're even a little bit black you get welcomed in as a black person you might get made fun of for your light skin or you know your hair or something like that but it's usually always done in fun or in love or anything like that right like uh, they do point out your difference but they do it with love and affection um is that something that you have in in either great britain or france where you're around other black people and they're very accepting of you or do you or because you don't feel that you belong there do you ever get to that point 
No, I feel like they're always very accepting. And it's exactly as you described, like, um, if you have like one drop, you're accepted, basically. So they're really, it's a really welcoming community. It's just, as a person, I'm not used to it. So I don't feel comfortable. But they make me feel comfortable well that's, that's so good. <laughs> that makes yeah me uh, so in my in my experience i don't get that with white people i'm technically i'm half white my mother's father was white and my father's mother was white um from different countries but but still white but even though i'm half white there's no point in my life ever that someone has either mistaken me for white or asked me or told or made me feel comfortable as a white person. Like I'm instantly, it's about whatever gave me the skin color that I have. Do you, I know you say because you grew up around more white people and things like that, you do tend to feel more comfortable in those spaces, but do white people make you feel comfortable? Like, are they welcoming of you as a white person or like a mixed white person? Hmm. Um, they are welcoming but do they make me feel always like comfortable not really it's Mm. um sometimes yeah you get those comments and just like yeah ignorant comments and stuff like that and you're like oh but i mean you've welcomed me here yet you're not making me feel feel really comfortable but that would be in some cases it's Mm. obviously in all cases but um so yeah, I would get that from time to time, but overall, yeah, I would still feel comfortable enough because that's what I've always been used to, basically. Right. No, yeah, that makes sense. Um, what about mixed raceness or mixedness, however you like to term it for yourself in general, do you um, either feel like you you need the most or or prefer the most, or you're not getting? Do you have do you have things about mixedness that you you just kind of crave or need from time to time i mean i obviously crave things that didn't have like growing up like knowing about my heritage or like what it means to be mixed race or just like how to navigate through life as a mixed race person because it's right. not something I'm used to and like I've never been taught and yeah they don't give us books or, or anything <laughs> about it when we're growing up yeah yeah and it's just yeah so for example like how to deal with my hair because my mother like she had an afro like growing up or as an adult but then she began to like straighten her hair and now she has like this like super straight hair and she doesn't know how to deal with my my hair and especially like oh really yeah that's interesting because that would be the first time i've ever heard of a a black mother not knowing what to do with their mixed child's hair (laughs) (laughs) yeah like here we make the joke that you can always tell if a biracial child has a white mother or a black mother because of their (laughs) hair like the state of their hair and you're always you know like as a mixed person you're just begging white mothers like please go to a black salon and and let them teach you how to take care of your child's hair but this is the first time i've heard it the reverse (laughs) of that so so do you have what we refer to as wash and wear here like can you just wash your hair and and go out and it's fine or do you have to prepare do you have to prep it in some kind of way i can i can wash and just go but um yeah it's been kind of weird because my my hair has changed like growing up as i as i as i grew up it's been more like yeah it's been curlier like thicker it's just something my mother was really like shocked about because she's not used to it and she doesn't know how to deal with it so for example like I never went to a black salon in my entire life oh really yeah so did you walk around as a child where you was your hair just wild and crazy because your mom didn't care for it did she at least like put in ponytails or braids or, or anything like that to to calm it down when you were little. <laughs> yeah, so basically, like, I never, like, wore it, wore, like, my hair down. My mom always put my hair in a bun or a braid because she didn't know how to deal with it. <laughs> so, yeah. That's so funny. Uh, so now, how, how do you care for your hair? Do you go to black salons or do you um, do you use certain mixed-race hair care products or how do, you, how do you deal with it? Yeah, so I use, like, 
makes like hair care products go to black salon like just like trying to take all of this that i didn't have growing up like taking it back right and and uh yeah and like wearing my hair down for me is such a a statement because I've never I've, I'm not used to it right and there's probably like empowerment for you in that you know yeah you've been able to take control of it wow that's interesting I'm I love all these things that I get to talk to people where it's something so different from my own experience or just a flip version of what I've of what I know or have heard before um that's that's pretty amazing so right now like I saw you on the video just a few minutes before we got started um your your hair did look freshly washed and everything like that but totally managed and you know everything I looked crazy because it's for me it's the middle (laughs) of the night and I didn't I didn't do anything to my hair before um I'm still or I'm in my pajamas um so for you but for you like you feel like you have control of it now you can just be your mixed ass self and you feel good about it oh yeah for sure it's something i'm really proud about and yeah as you said like my hair does help me feel um grounded in that mixedness i guess right so you um i've seen photos of you where you presented a little bit darker but when i saw you in the video just now you you're a little bit on the paler side like i am um are you do you do you have just times a year you're just darker during the summer and and lighter during the winter months or because you're in england right now where it's always a little bit or because you're in the the uk right now you always have like overcastness and stuff like that Oh yeah, during the summer I'm yeah pretty dark, and then yeah because I'm in the UK it's there's no sun here, so <laughs> basically yeah I'm like close to being white, so uh, yeah it's a bit annoying, but yeah. Uh, so one of the things that comes up a lot, and it's it's still an issue for me too, is that visibility. It's like, I know that I'll never be mistaken for white, so I'm okay with that. Um, I don't really relate much to white people in general anyway, and even though I'm around them a lot for work and stuff like that, I, I never feel white or like white, like togetherness or anything like that. Um, I do feel it with black people, but I also know that like, I'll never be dark enough that most people that aren't black, like black people know that I'm black, but like other people won't mistake me as black or anything like that. And um, Japanese just don't really believe that it's possible to be mixed and Japanese at the same time. So I, you know, I don't have that either. But um, but I still feel good about being black. And when a black person just identifies me as black without having to ask me any questions and they just talk to me already like they already know I'm black, if it, it makes me feel really good and visible and I'm proud, you know, that I have that moment. Do you have things like that also where somebody acknowledges something about you and you just feel normal during that time? Yeah, it's like meeting like black people and they'd be like oh make weird comment like comments about white people like these white people always doing this and i'm like huh you've like said like basically that i wasn't like that i was black so like it makes me feel really good like when (laughs) people just like i don't know assume you're white and actually like see your blackness it's kind of something it's something I'm not used to, so it just makes me feel really happy. Right. It's it's funny. Some of these things really are universal. It, it's, it's a weird thing where I'm starting to notice throughout these conversations that regardless of what people are mixed with, I do actually have more in common with mixed people than, you know, monoracial black people or monoracial white people or monoracial Japanese people like you and I aren't mixed exactly the same and yet so much of what you've said is something that I can relate to as as or having had that same experience you know for myself too where it's like oh gosh we we really do need to be around more mixed folks so that we can feel like this on a regular basis you know or or be there for other mixed people like you are for your for your little sister right now and kind of filling those gaps that um weren't filled for you when you were little um even though both of my parents were mixed we didn't really deal with me being mixed or them being mixed until i started to ask the questions you know they you know they didn't you know, they, they help you learn how to read and they help you learn how to do your homework and stuff like that or whatever. But but they it was never like, you know, one day someone's going to say your dad is a different color than you and here's how you deal with it. Like that never happened. Um, 
so it's nice to have these conversations with people and kind of figure out those ways in which we could be helpful <laughs> to other mixed race people. Um, or at least that's the way I'm feeling because of all these conversations that I'm having. So um, we're coming, we're, we're getting close to a, a, an hour for our discussion or whatever. And the question that I've started to ask um, towards the end of the show every time, um, just because I kind of want to end things on a positive note or whatever, is um, what do you love the most about being a mixed race person? Well, apart from having to pick both sides in the World Cup, um, <laughs> it's just... It's just something that I feel like really like passionate about. I'm really proud. It's just being able to have experience in some ways, so many cultures and um, yeah, getting to know um, like a different countries, like culture and history, just something that makes you feel like richer, I guess. And right. um, just being able to, transcend like these barriers that people put with like oh stick to that country and that's all you get and we are actually like representing multiple like continents even it's just and it's just something that I'm really proud about but like obviously there's with that like there's a lot of people that say oh but that means like oh like mixed kids are like their parents are not racist or blah 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 but that's sometimes a bit like we're not going to solve like the world's problem just by being born by a white parent and a black mother it's not it all just not depends on us but um apart from that (laughs) it's yeah it's something I'm, i'm really like proud about just yeah getting to have friends from different countries and have that that culture and being able to relate to and so to some extent to like so many different people yeah i think we do i think we're uniquely cap uh, we have a unique skill in that in that regard in that because we're multiracial multicultural sometimes multinational that we even if they're not like us we already know what it's like to be different. So it's a lot easier for us to engage with people that are different from us. I, I think, you know, I mean, I'm biased, but, <laughs> uh, but I do think we have that, that unique um, ability, or at least we're, we're, we're more skilled at it probably because of our mixed ethnicity. Uh, but before we wrap up, is there anything else that you would want to share with the audience or impart about mixedness or your feelings about mixedness? Um, to be honest, not really. It's just <laughs> like I've said all I had to say was just like, thanks for having your show. Cause it's honestly something I needed. Like I, like was on Spotify I look at a search bar like oh I need a mixed like podcast so I'm really happy this show is going strong that uh yeah I mean that that's the thing like I I said I've said it a few times where it's I made the podcast that I wanted to hear like you know I'm going around searching in toolbars and looking for it and there'd be a few things here and there there's a couple you know as we, most of them are like uh limited runs you know where it's like a six or ten episode thing and it's just more like a news oriented thing about mixedness but there was very few things that were about like the mixed experience it was mostly like here in america blah 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 blah, blah, mixed people or you know there was things like that but it wasn't about just like regular mixed people talking about what it's like for us and so i started the show with that in mind i wanted to talk to other mixed people and i wanted to find out what life was like for them and compare it to or contrast it with what it's like for me and to hear that that was something you needed to you know that i it wasn't just me who was out here looking for that kind of stuff um i'm like i'm glad (laughs) i'm just glad that like you're exactly the type of person that i would have wanted to connect with um for this because that that's that was the goal like i wanted selfishly to talk about being mixed and to meet other mixed race people so uh, thank you so much for reaching out and for your support of the show um it's been awesome being able to connect with you via email and i hope that we get to do that again um 
and that, you know, now you're part of the militantly mixed community. So, um, <laughs> any, you know, anytime you have something mix related that you want to talk about, or you want to come back on, feel free to hit me up and we can do, we can do that again. Um, because I don't, uh, you know, now that I have access to mixed people through the show, I don't want to lose you guys. <laughs> you know, like I don't want you to disappear either. Um, so, so yeah, if there's ever another topic or, or whatever that you'd love to come up, come on and talk about, I would love to, to have you, especially even as you get a little bit older too, if you do start to explore those other cultures that you didn't have as much access to growing up, um, I'd like to hear about how that stuff shakes out for you as well Um, (laughs) for sure Militantly Mix is a main hustle media podcast produced and hosted by me, Charmaine Johnson. Music is by David Bogan, The One. And if you like what you heard on Militantly Mix, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and wherever you find your podcasts. Main Hustle Media. Turn your side hustle into your main hustle.